right, so now we're going to go to verse 19 in the little book of Jude and pick up there. Speaking of those who are the false teachers, beginning in verse 19, Jude says, These are those causing uh, divisions, causing uh, distinctions. It's a, it's a compound word here in the Greek text. It's apodiorizontes. Now that, uh, that, that compound word comes from two words in the Greek. Uh, apo means away from and diorizo, which means to set limits. So to mark off limits, or uh, uh, it's a good translation, to cause, to cause divisions. This is always the work of a false teacher, uh, to gain to himself as many as he can, and it always causes divisions. These are those um, causing divisions. He gives two descriptions of them, and they're really two sides of the same coin. Number one, they're sukakoi, sukakoi. They are worldly-minded. They are natural-minded. They are, they are bent toward the natural mind. The, the sukos is the, is the soul. So it speaks of the natural mind or the, the sensual man, the emotional man. They are soulish. They are natural. There is a difference. There is a distinction in the Bible, between the soul and the spirit, the the soul is more earthly, and the spirit the spirit is more heavenly. Um, so it says they are natural or soulish minded or worldly minded, and then the other side of that coin, not having the spirit. In Romans eight, we are taught that if we don't have the spirit of God, we are not of God. We do not belong to God if we don't. Everybody who belongs to God has had infused within himself, deposited into his life, the Holy Spirit of God, every one of us. This is what collectively makes us the temple of God in the world. The temple of God today is a spiritual thing that abides in, in the real, genuine church of the Lord Jesus Christ in our persons. So these guys... Don't, they're devoid of the Spirit. They don't have the Spirit of God. The only thing that drives them is their natural mind, their natural minds. They're driven by their souls, by their sensualities, and that causes divisions. These are those causing divisions, worldly-minded, natural-minded, not having the Spirit. Now he makes the contrast, and he turns to the believer. However, you... Beloved, building yourselves up in the most, in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now that that epic uh, of the mail, that that Greek word is is a word that means to build up on. To build up, a, to build above a foundation. A foundation is already there that has predefined 
specifications. And so you and I are to build upon that. That's what Christians do. We understand the design. We understand what's already there. And we build ourselves up on that. How do we do it? In your most uh, building yourselves up in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's beautiful instruction. We don't stand still as Christians. Uh, and we certainly don't, don't go backwards. If I, if I walked out of my house today and I just left it standing there, bad things would happen. Critters, little creepy crawly critters would take over. Vines would begin to grow. They would soon displace the windows. Then they would begin to grow into the mortar of the brick. And within a few, maybe a couple of decades, I don't know, some of the bricks would begin to crumble. If I just left my house to itself, it would in time just disappear. A house left to itself falls apart. Now the analogy here is like we're building, like we're a house. And there's a, there's a predetermined foundation, and we, we, we actively and energetically build on that. Now, false teachers are in the business of tearing that down. But God's people, Christians, are building that up. We build up our spiritual lives, and we have a foundation for our Christian life, which, according to Jude, is our most holy faith. Uh, he, he mentioned, let me look at, up in Jude 3 here, he mentions that he called it the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Now we build on that, our most holy faith. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, there's one foundation that can be laid and that foundation is Jesus Christ. So our faith in Jesus Christ, this is our foundation. And we move from there. This is the basis of our growth. And that depends on what God has taught us through his word. The revelation of truth, the, the reading of scripture, the study of the Bible <laughs> is, is paramount in the lives of believers. God reveals things to us. Those, those, the truth of God's word energizes us. The blessing of the strength of the foundation that we have, our faith in Jesus Christ, causes us then in the spirit to see this built up, this house, this spiritual house uh, that we are. This thing builds up. This is, this is what is happening. Now, where does the energy come from for that? Where does the power come from? He mentions here praying in the spirit. What does that mean? Praying uh, in the spirit. Well, the spirit leads us. I heard an old preacher once, he said, you know, prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. So we may think of ourselves as praying alone when we go to our closet to pray, but we're never alone. The, the Holy Spirit of God is always there with us as we pray. That's what we're taught in Romans chapter 8. He knows the mind of God and he can direct us. And this is what we need. So flowing into our lives, he gives us guidance and wisdom. 
He gives us knowledge all from the word and he can help us as we approach the father through the access that we have been given through Jesus Christ, as we're taught in Ephesians. So we worship God in the spirit, according to Philippians three, and the spirit motivates us to pray, energizes us to pray. He is the spirit of grace. So we are yielded to the spirit and the spirit assists us in our spiritual lives and most especially in our prayer lives. And then God works through that to answer prayer and makes us see how he answers prayer. Now, this is the building process in a Christian life that involves the word of God. It involves the spirit of God. It involves the foundation, of course, our faith in Christ, and it involves prayer. So those things are, are how we uh, are, are engaged in building this spiritual life. But it goes on. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God. All right, that's the, that's the next thing that is thrown into this mix. These other things can become rather bland, I suppose, to some people. But we add to that, we add to that uh, abiding in the love of God, as it says in verse 21 here. He doesn't, he doesn't say, what he says is keeping yourself in the love of God. Our Lord made a similar statement in John 15 where he said, abide in my love or continue in my love. All of these things come together and the next phrase here in Jude 21 says, awaiting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, awaiting, awaiting, that's a Greek word, prosdikomenoi, uh, uh, to await. It's a, it's a, it's a word that, uh, that means to earnestly look for, earnestly expect. Look, expecting it and looking for it. The only thing that these false teachers have to look forward to is the judgment of God. We, on the other hand, are looking for God's mercy. Salvation is a, is a, is a gift that God gives to us through his mercy, by his mercy. But it also is a gift that delivers us from the evil world system in which we live. In a spiritual sense, in the worst of times, in his mercy, God comes to us and takes us to himself. And we can we go on beyond that to, to look, to await, to look for the coming of the Lord is, is a great encouragement as well. So awaiting, earnestly expecting, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto life eternal. This is, this, is, this is what we expect. We expect no less. So this is our hope. We're not looking to gain things in the here and now by tricking people, deceiving people, false teaching, and so forth. 
Ours is far greater than that, and it's far above that. So put that together again, we get back into verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, uh, keep yourselves in the love of God, awaiting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto life eternal. Eternal life. This is, this is life. Death is meaningless to us. Death, uh, we just move from this life into life eternal. And this is what we earnestly expect. We earnestly look for it. And we are waiting for it. And those who indeed and have mercy on those who indeed are um, doubting or back and forthing, I guess, is a one, who are distinguishing, who are hesitating, who are wavering. And there are always those in the body of Christ. Have mercy on those who are wavering, who are doubting. Also, save others, snatching out of the fire. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so we have mercy on those who are more or less unstable and we we teach them there's 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 nothing this is my view there's nothing in the church that the word of god and the and the sound teaching of the word of god can't repair can't strengthen to be founded rooted and guided and carried on by the word of god when you do that, false teaching is magnified in the false teachers and those who are really of the elect of God will turn away from false teaching because of the effect that the Word of God has on the born-again uh, believer. But then he says, snatching them out of the, out of the fire. Now, this, this, apparently this would be lost people, uh, at the at the very best, there'd be ignorant and ignorant believers that are so unstable that they just are teetering on a, some kind of brink here. But we do what we can do through the teaching to bring people out of the fire, to snatch them out of the fire, and to bring them into the stability of of the Word of God. Now he says, "Then show mercy to others with fear." Hating even the flesh, uh, hating even the flesh, having been stained by the having been stained uh, by the by the clothing. Um, all right, we proceed with caution. We do this in fear, reverential awe. To be a rescuer of those who are unstable. It's a, it's a hard, strong work to take on a committed, focused false teacher. And, and we do so in fear and trembling. 
because of course this is a, it's the Lord's it's the Lord's work. And Jude lays down a principle here that even though we are stronger believers than others, we must never think that we are beyond the oppression or the attack of Satan. He's a very powerful enemy, very powerful foe. So in serving the Lord and seeking to rescue his children, even then if we're not careful and we're not moving in fear and reverential awe, we can be defiled by those whom we're wanting to help. So we have to be very careful uh, in, in, in moving out in mercy to reach out and to those who are about to be captured by false teachers to bring them back to where they need to be. All right, we'll stop there and uh, we'll pick up the last part of Jude, God willing, next time. Mm -hmm.